to the Warner Brothers Podcast. This is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, as always. Kyle, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm doing well. Looking forward to tomorrow. Looking forward to the games. Looking forward to the food. Uh, definitely in my top three holidays. It's ranked number two, actually, behind Christmas. Yeah, uh, it's hard to outrank Christmas. Christmas is just a great time of the year. Absolutely. Um, number three being Halloween, probably. I was going to say something ridiculous, but I couldn't think of any ridiculous holidays. Columbus so, Day. Ooh, That's ooh, no, the not joke. Columbus Day. <laughs> Columbus Day is my favorite, favorite holiday. <laughs> I got but, renamed. I can't even remember I'm, what it is now, but it's not in, Columbus in, Day. Indigenous People's Day. Oh, yeah. Indigenous People's Day. Uh, yeah. No, I know you're I'd a say. big indigenous people guy. <laughs> And we got we we got work off that day, so I was always a fan of it. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess three would be Halloween with you know costumes, and you know gives you an excuse to indulge in candy. I guess if you're a fan of that, but for sure, my top two is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, maybe even a one A one B. So yeah, definitely looking forward to tomorrow. I mean, obviously, one of the big things is we'll talk about soon football. I mean, it's. Football is such a part of Thanksgiving. Like, I can't have Thanksgiving without watching it to some capacity. Like, it just feels wrong if I'm not viewing the Lions or the Cowboys playing or whatever third game they put in, but it just feels wrong. Yeah, the NBA has Christmas, the NFL has got Thanksgiving. So, definitely thankful for that. You know, three Fs on Thanksgiving football, food, and family for sure. So, can't go wrong. Uh, definitely thankful that we have three good games on thanksgiving because yeah. that's r- rarely the case sometimes we get one sometimes we get one and a half maybe two but very rarely are all three at least intriguing matchups all three of these games have playoff implications in them absolutely so huge playoff implications for, 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 for honestly every single team other than the lions huge implications yeah. for yeah and i would say the lions have an outside shot they and do. a wild card, especially, you know, if they happen to win this game. Uh, you know, the line's nine and a half right now. But, I mean, that's no gimme. I could absolutely see the Lions giving the Bills a run for the money. And we'll get to that. We'll get to our picks. But, uh, I mean, shit, you want to start off right with the picks, Keith? Yeah, let's just start off with picks. Why not? And so, and we'll just start off. That's the first game of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Bills, Lions, like I just said, nine and a half. Uh, Bills at Detroit as the Lions always hosted. Uh, Lions got a high-powered offense. They play better at uh, home than they do on the road, so that's interesting too. Yeah, and you know they're on a three-game win streak. They got some momentum. The Bills don't look the sharpest coming into this game. Obviously, they just beat the Browns. So, I mean, you're happy about that. Obviously, with weird uh, implications last week as... You know, they had to play at Detroit, actually, with the huge-ass snowstorm that Buffalo got. Do you know if they uh, stayed there? I probably would you, we probably would have just stayed in Detroit because it gets technically back to back Detroit games. I'm I'm assuming they can't win for practice, you know, because the Lions would probably have to use the facilities. So, and it's not a. I'm assuming it's probably less than an hour flight from Buffalo to Detroit, maybe maybe a couple hours at the most. So, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna roll with the Bills in this game. A little over an hour, about an hour five minutes. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Bills. I do think it's close. I'm going to say 29-24. Ooh. 
Buffalo, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a Lions upset here. The Bills, I mean, you're catching the Bills at the right time. They just don't look as crisp. Mm-hmm. They obviously lost the Jets a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Browns, they were kind of teetering. They were kind of letting the Browns back in. Then they put them away, which is, you know, you got to feel good about that as a, as a Super Bowl contender. It's a Super Bowl favorite, really. Everyone's picking the Bills. So, yeah. Good news for them. I think this will be a good game. I think it'll be a bit of a shootout. Uh, yeah, 29-24 Bills. Rooting for the Lions, though, obviously. You know, AFC East implications here. The Patriots are not far out of that AFC East lead. Absolutely not. So, yeah, Bills got it, but rooting for the Lions, obviously. And I got, um, I would say we can talk Patriots when we get to them. I'm feeling good. Feeling really good. Um, I've got a 30-21 to Buffalo win. I think it's going to – I think it will be a game that Buffalo has pretty decent control of, but the Lions definitely will be able to make some plays. That defense hasn't been as great over the last few weeks. Hmm. Next we got what I thought was going to be the game of the day a few weeks ago, but now this is looking like it could be ugly. But who knows? You never know with divisional games, especially the The offensive line for the Giants is decimated right now, which is definitely going to hurt. Their whole roster is decimated, but for sure on the O-line. And, uh, you know, against the Cowboys' pass rush, that's a a terrible recipe. But if the Giants can at all run the ball, which you can run in the Cowboys a little bit, if if they can establish some sort of ball control, establish a run game, uh, who knows? Maybe we get a... Maybe they make the Cowboys sweat a little bit. The Cowboys are favored by 10 at home. I'm rolling with the Cowboys. I think they, especially off that Minnesota win, which is, you know, the win of the year for them. They played perfect. Uh, I'll say 28-14 Cowboys. I think Dallas is going to win, but I do think it's going to be closer. Uh, These games just typically seem between the Cowboys – Giants just always seem to be very close games. I got a, I think Dallas will get to twenty eight, but I do think that the Giants can get to twenty four. Think Saquon has a good day. I mean, I don't see it. I really don't. This if this Giants team was a bit healthier, if they had receivers, if they had something on their O line to protect Daniel Jones, sure. But I, I do see the run being established a little bit, maybe some success in the first half, but long term, I, I mean, it really I mean, depend- look, the, the game's going to come down. To, the game will come down to the running game. If the Giants can run, they'll keep it close. If the Giants can't run, then it can get away from them. I think it's going to be mostly ugly. I mean, the Cowboys, these two teams were pretty healthy. Aside from Dak, obviously they had Cooper Rush when they met, and I believe it was week three. Week three or week four uh, in the Cowboys. I mean, it was an ugly game. It was somewhat close. I believe the Cowboys won by 16. Oh, it was a one-score game. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys were pretty much in control of that game most of the way. I don't know. I don't see it, especially after the last game the Cowboys put together. But I hope it's a good game. But I do think this one's ugly. I, I just think these divisional games are I, I don't know. I just have a f- weird feeling about this divisional game being close. But your your analysis isn't wrong. Like they with the yeah. giant, as I say, the Giants obviously they're dwindled at receiver. Darius Slayton's there. They got Kenny Galladay back, but what does that mean? They haven't really played much this year. Their offensive lines missing four key pieces to it. So yeah, they definitely, but you can't. What I was gonna say, you can't beat the Cowboys when you're missing four out of your five linemen. 
Um, say def- it's definitely. I was gonna say it's definitely a game. It's definitely a game where they shouldn't win. Dallas gonna be looking at Dallas a little sideways if they do end up losing this game. Even though it is a division game, it's still like it's one of those division games you need to win, especially because. If you win this game, you have a game against Philly too. Philly's got two games against the Commander. I mean, one game against the Commanders, two games against the Giants. I believe they could lose one of those ones, and you could be in the play for the one seed. So it's a game that they have to have. Um, so, but I think Dallas will win. But I think the Giants will make it a little closer than maybe people would think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this line a couple weeks ago given how everything was going because the Giants are, you know, kind of teetering too. Yeah. Uh, I'll speak more about that, but I think this line would have been more five, six points, five and a half, yeah, six points, five and a half. maybe even seven prior. And now it's all the way up to 10. I mean, I don't know. I just really think it could get ugly. I mean, we saw what the Cowboys did to, uh, to a Vikings team that was damn near a full strength. Obviously they, you know, their tackle went out at the beginning of the game, which, Set the tone for the whole rest of the game. And now you're throwing them. Daniel Jones, who's had a nice season, really has. But, you know, not the pocket passer that Kirk Cousins is. He's going to throw you a couple. Uh, and they're going to get to him. He can obviously scramble. But, I mean, luckily for the Giants, Mike is a little banged up. So, who knows what Parsons will look like during the game. But, uh, man, the rest of that pass rush is still about as nasty as it can get. I mean, they were just rushing four against the Vikings, and Kirk couldn't get shit off. Kirk Cousins could not get anything off that game. So we'll see. Speaking speaking of of Kirk Cousins against this Patriots defense, oh, boy, I'm excited. What's the line? It's two and a half. Patriots are underdogs, two and a half. Favorite at home, obviously, of the Vikings by two and a half. yeah, King, give me your score. I'm interested to hear yours oh, first. Oh, boy. I think this game's going to be about 20 to 17 New England. I don't I don't think Kirk Cousins will be able to breathe. And obviously, Bill Belichick's known for taking away your best offensive player. I don't think he's going to completely shut down Justin Jefferson, but I do think he'll be able to neutralize him, especially with how the defense has been playing this year. They're like top five in every category, like statistically. Then you have Matthew Judon, who is the best player not talked about in the league, 13 sacks, leading the NFL. He's been phenomenal. They get after the quarterback. They're ferocious. I think Kirk's going to give you a couple primetime game late Thursday. I mean, late Thursday night game on Thanksgiving. We know what primetime Kirk's like. I don't, I don't, the offense for us hasn't been great. Uh, obviously, but we have a, we do have a run game. Obviously, uh, Mac, this would be a good game for him to get some passing out because the Vikings haven't been great against the, uh, pass this year, so it'd be a good game to get Jacoby involved. Maybe we see a Nelson Aguilar big play. Obviously, he likes to throw it to Ramondre out of the backfield, but I, I'm thoroughly confident in this Minnesota Vikings game. I think it's 2017 New England. Well, um, a few things. I mean, I believe I said a few weeks ago on this podcast that I was already picking the Vikings in this game. You know, I mean, they, I mean, they're coming into this game eight and two. Yep. Uh, they got steamrolled, obviously, by the Cowboys. They lose 
Christian Derisov, a left tackle in that game. He's out this game, which is great news for the Patriots. All right. Uh, Let me say this because, I mean, I'm not going to say all New England fans, but I've seen uh, still a heavy amount of New England fans, like, coming out of last game, ripping Mac, ripping this offense. First of all, they were playing in crazy wind, right? Uh, They're playing the Jets defense, who's about as every bit as good as his Pats defense. Oh, the the Jets. If you take away, if you take away like ever like just the quarterbacks because Max better than Zach Wilson who just got benched, and obviously Robert Sala is a really good coach, but he's not Bill Belichick. You take those away, the teams are pretty similar across the board. Like the defenses, they're different, but they compare. The offensive weapons, they pretty much compare, especially when Brees Hall's healthy. The offensive lines, they compare. The Jets have built a good, a really good uh, offensive line, Mackay Becton, others too. So their deep, their teams are pretty similar. It's just you have Bill Belichick and you have Mac Jones compared to Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. Thank God. Yeah, and uh, I mean the point I was trying to make Sorry. was like, no, no, you're good. The uh, I've just seen a lot of fans like just like, oh, this offense is terrible. This offense is still terrible. I'll say this. That was a heavy wind game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we win that game. I mean, obviously, we win the game in spectacular fashion. The return, that. wild. Uh, first return of the season. There's, I don't – I heard somewhere there's never been a game that was 3-3 that late that ended in a, in a touchdown, especially like damn near at the buzzer. So that might have been a historical game. Yeah. Uh, especially historical ending. But uh, Nick Folk, who's money, he misses two field goals due to the wind. Uh, The Jets made a field goal, probably due to the wind, you know? So the wind was such a factor. Even though you couldn't really tell watching TV unless you're watching the field goals. Otherwise, it would just look like an average game. Or like when you see the, uh, when they show like the flags at some point just to show the winds, you saw it whipping. You're like, oh, okay, the wind's actually moving there. Because it said it was going to be 25 to 30 degrees with like 20 mile an hour winds. Yeah, wind was was insane. So neither team was trying downfield at all. You know what I mean? There was no deep balls because why would you? You know what I mean? That's It's like a, it's going to be like a punt, you know? Uh, And so Mac, I mean, I think I told you this over text. Mac was moving the ball well from 20-yard line to 30-yard line. And then Patricia would get real conservative inside uh, the opponent's 40, 30-yard line. Always seemed like that area. So you'd almost have to have a, a shallow punt or, you know, a in-between field goal, which is where they got caught up at times. Yeah. And I felt like Mac would have – I mean, that's as comfortable as I've seen Mac all season because uh, his timing's been off. Uh you know, there's times when the Jets' pass rush got to him, but guess what? That's going to happen when you face the Jets. Like, as we said, they got a great defense, you know, a top-five defense probably. Uh, but I thought Mac looked great. He was – I think he only had three or four incompletions, and it wasn't like he was just dunking anything. You know, these were eight-yard, seven-yard passes, uh, route-running precision-type passes. So I, you know, that, that's the best Mac has looked to me since the Ravens game, which we, you know, as I've said before, we lost that game because of him. He throws two picks in the fourth, blah, blah, blah. But he looked good. He even, you know, got out on his feet some. He just fart. Is that, did you hear that? No, I didn't make any noise. <laughs> sound, sound like someone's cutting something up. But, uh, <laughs> no, that, there was no noise. Like that. We'll have to hear that on the playback. But I thought Mac looked great. Uh, this defense, what, what more could I say about this defense? They sent Zach Wilson to the bench. Zach Wilson's 
terrible. That's why I don't want to hear shit about Matt Jones because we very easily. I see. I just heard that again. Something just happened again. Audio. I don't know. I don't don't know. I think my maybe the phone vibrating. I don't know, but it's not sitting on anything. But anyways, let me just turn that vibration off. Make sure nothing is. But no, I'm. I'm not letting them go on this end. (laughs) Just keep it professional. Get the vibration. But uh, anyway, no. We very easily roles could be reversed, right? I mean, they could have Mac Jones. We could have Zach Wilson and. There is nothing, absolutely nothing you can do with a bad quarterback. And Mac Jones moved the ball well in the wind. We didn't score the way we wanted. We got the win. Zach Wilson had trouble getting it to the 50-yard line. That is the truth. Could not even get it to the 50. Had multiple balls who were five, eight yards in front of the receiver. Uh, Terrible quarterback. That guy, we won't see him again this year. We won't see him again for the Jets at... We just won't. You know what I mean? He's not even dressing for Sunday's game. It's going to be Mike White starting and then Flacco's the backup. Zach Wilson's absolutely terrible. So I don't want to hear any Mac shit because, yeah, maybe he's not the greatest and he's not playing as well as last year. But we did see some signs of last year Mac in this past game against the Jets in a bad weather game of all games. So, yeah, I'm feeling good about Mac going into Sunday. Uh, The weather will be much better. I still have not given my score here. I do have the Patriots at 20, but I have the Vikings at 24. I think it's going to be a good game, low-scoring game. I think the Vikings get it in the end. Uh, but, hey, if we get the Mac Jones we saw Sunday, which will include more deep shots because, hey, there will be no crazy wind, anything's possible. Because, yeah, this Vikings defense, there is talent on it, but they're not – they haven't done anything crazy this year, right? Like, they – they're not going to shut you down. You can run on them. You can certainly pass on them. Uh, and without their left tackle, we're going to get to Kirk Cousins. So we're going to be in this game, uh, regardless of the Vikings' offensive talent. We're just going to be. This defense is every bit of good as their offense, and it's going to be a great matchup. It's probably going to be the game of Thursday night, or of all the day games. And uh, unfortunately, I'm picking against the Pats, 24-20 Vikings. I'm excited for it for sure. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday game. Sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but I had to get that analysis out of the way. Because I'm really... Everything people have said about Mac Jones up to this point is true. He has not had a great season. But uh, Sunday's game was not the time to take it out on him. And the terrible weather game where we pulled it out, where he certainly outplayed the other quarterback. Yeah. who uh, you know, Same draft as him. So, yeah, that's not the game to get on Mac's case for sure. But let's get to Sunday's games. Let's breeze through these. We got Ravens at Jags. Ravens are favored by four points on the road. I'm going to give you the same score I gave the New England Vikings game, 24-20. Ravens. I got the Ravens in this one, 27-19. Next, we got the Broncos at the Panthers. Broncos are favored by two and a half. We got Sam Darnold starting this game in place of Baker Mayfield. Uh, seems like this is like the seventh quarterback for the Panthers. What happens this game is as good as anyone's guess. Uh, you just never know. Uh, Darnold does have some ability, I will say that. Um, can you mention every time on here how the Broncos can't get 16 points? Uh, they can't get about 16. They just, they just don't do it. <laughs> had they scored... 
had they had they scored eighteen in every one of their games, they would be nine and one right now. Yeah, the yeah, the, that's the thing. They legitimately they've gotten above twenty points two times above sixteen points twice, and they beat the Jags twenty one seventeen in a different country, and then they lost to the Vi- under the Raiders. The Raiders have been bad this year. They've underperformed, but they've got two wins against the Broncos. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yeah, so I'm actually going to roll with the Broncos. I actually have them getting above 16. Uh, 1917, Broncos. See, I'm actually going to roll with Denver here too, but I think it's going to be a 16-13 to 13 game. I, again, I don't. Uh, you have 1917. I have 1613. I still don't think they get above 16, but their defense is so good, and Carolina is in a mess right now. So they are, but they seem to be weirdly in these games or every other week. It seems like anyway. Yeah, no, they're. I, mean, I was gonna say their defense has been playing well, so I don't think they. I don't know if this game. I don't know if the over. If the under under game for this game is like 35 points, I would take the under. I really don't. 36. Think- 36 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the under on that. But uh, it might be one of those random games that's just super high scoring for no reason. But, yeah, I got 16-13 Denver. I don't see high scoring at all, but. No, I'm just saying there's sometimes there's those, those bad teams that can't do offense that just have those random high scoring games for no reason. I don't see it, but it just randomly happens every now and again in the NFL. Especially not against this Broncos defense. But uh, I do see Carolina maybe moving the ball better because Baker has been statistically one of the worst quarterbacks, if not the worst quarterback in the NFL. Just behind Actually, Zach Wilson. That's true. He has been better than Zach Wilson. By the way, fun fact about – maybe I'll just wait till the Jets game, but I'll just say this anyway. Fun fact about Zach Wilson, four touchdowns on the season. Flacco in his three games got five touchdowns. So That I did know. I laughed when I heard that. Zach Wilson's press conference was so bad. But anyways, we can move on. <laughs> That's probably part of the reason he got benched, too. Like he, oh, yeah, yeah he's gonna have a, He's going to have a hard time finding another job. I mean, he's just he's bad. Anyway, Falcons at Commanders. Commanders are a four-point favorite. Man, that's, that's respect right there. Uh, I think they won five of their great. last six. Possibly. Possibly. I just would have expected a three-point three line. would be. I mean, these are two good teams right here. And I think it's going to be an excellent game. One of the better games Sunday. Uh, I'm going to go with. I honestly don't know who to pick right here. I'm going to say 23, 24, one point game. I'm going to give the edge to the commanders. I'm going to go with the hot team right now. I want to pick the Falcons. Actually, I'm going to pick the Falcons. 24, 23. But I do feel like the Commanders are going to have a strong playoff push in the second half of the year. I, I say, really yeah, do. They definitely, I was going to say, they've looked good. And this good win would do a lot. Oh, Sorry, would. I was going to say, this win would do a lot for them in their playoff hopes, especially being one game above 500. You don't want to fall back to 500. But, I mean, Atlanta's very similar as far as running the ball, as far as ball control, offense. Commanders got a better defense, though. Uh, and it's on the road. Yeah, I should probably stick with the Commanders. That's probably the logical thing, but I'm just going to go with the Falcons because I already said it. So 24-23 Falcons. 
Yeah, no, definitely the commanders need this game because this is a very winnable game. It's gonna st- I mean, Atlanta's no slouch, but like they're still a winnable game because they play the Giants, the Giants, the 49ers, the Browns with Deshaun, and the Cowboys are their last five games. So definitely gonna be a tough last five. If you go two and three in that stretch, which you would hope for, maybe a Giants split and a Browns dub, you can get to nine wins and nine would get you. I think that the Commanders are going to win this game. I've got this one 26 to 22. Next, we got Browns. Sorry, Buccaneers at the Browns. Buccaneers are favored by three and a half. Uh, I'm going to give them the win here 24 16. Bucks, last game for the Browns before they get Deshaun Watson back. That'll be very interesting. But yeah, Bucks, Bucks get it done here. 24-16. I got it 27-20 bucks. Another good one here. Playoff matchup from last year. Bengals at the Titans. Bengals are favored by two and a half. I think we got another low-scoring, ugly one-score game here. I'm going to roll with Tennessee. We're going to say 20-18 to 18, Tennessee Titans. I think the I think Jamar Chase coming back will kind of push the Bengals a little over the top. I like Tennessee. They officially getting Chase back. Um, it's I'm pretty positive from everything I've seen so far. It's like very likely that he's coming back this week. I did not know that. So um, he's gonna say Joe Burrow expects Chase to play. Those reported eight hours ago. So it's expected that he's going to be back. He's been he was limited in his first practice back. Even if he do, even if he's not a hundred hundred percent Jamar Chase, the fact that he's on the field makes you have to respect him, and it gives that offense a new new dynamic. And I believe Joe Mixon's gonna pass concussion protocol, so he won't even be out either. Um, so I think with those little factors, I've got uh, Cincinnati in a twenty four to twenty win over the Titans, but I do think it's gonna be a very hard fought, good game. It's going to be a great game. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. It's two teams that need it. I was going to say the Bengals are obviously coming up to the toughest part of their schedule. Tennessee's trying to fight for the best seed they possibly can get because they've pretty much got the division wrapped. For sure. Tennessee's playing well at the right time. Uh, They're definitely going to want this win because I don't think the Colts are going to go quietly, but you're right. The Titans really do have this wrapped up. But, uh, Next, we got Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins are a 13.5-point favorite. Jesus. I'm going to say the Dolphins win 30-16. to 30-17, to 17, sorry. Ooh, Houston's covering <laughs> by a half point. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the Dolphins are going, especially coming off of a bye here, I think they're going to put up points. I've got this game 35-20. to 20. Weird game because there was a report about Justin Fields. Yeah, he's I up th- in the air. And not only up in the air, that he either will play Sunday or he could be out for the season. That's something I've never heard in my life. <laughs> you can either uh-huh. play this week or he'd be out for the remainder of the season, which is about another six games. All right. <laughs> if, Zach, if Zach Wilson plays this game, I'm picking the Bears all day long. It is Mike White. Mike White has had success. He had some games last year. And it's one of those teams 
I mean, the Bears have a compromised defense, to say the least. Uh, so Mike White should be able to move the ball. You add that with the banged-up Justin Fields. Maybe this defense can contain him. The Jets should win this game if Mike White can just even put two touchdowns on the board or at least get him in position for even more field goals. They should win this game. Uh, I would love to pick against the Jets here, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to say... Another one in this ballpark, 23-17, New York Jets. I'm in the same boat where I'd love to pick against the Jets, but I don't I'm not confident that um Justin Fields is gonna play and putting a bet favor on a Trevor Simeon's a tough look. So I've got the Jets in this one here. I've got it 21 to 13. And what was your score again, sorry? Uh, 2317 Jets. That's what I had. With their, with their now able bodied quarterback that they have. So. Okay. And the spread was fun. Six. six. Okay. There we go. Jets sorry. by six. Uh, Raiders at Seahawks. This is an interesting game. I think every game the Raiders play down the stretch here is very interesting just because how much talent they have. Mm-hmm. You know, as as the season wanes, like a lot of these teams we've seen, like the Patriots, the Bengals you mentioned, a lot of these teams have a gauntlet of schedules down the stretch. Uh, so the Raiders are going to be one of these teams. Yeah, their record says otherwise, but they're going to be a tough out. And the Seahawks team, you know, we don't know. They're coming off a bye. They had a great first half of their season. Now, this is the part of the season. Thanksgiving onwards, it separates the men from the boys kind of thing. So we're really going to see with these Seahawks because these Raiders, again, are as talented as any team out there. So who knows? I mean, you know, maybe they win two games here and they start feeling themselves as far as the wild card picture. So you're going to get the Raiders' best shot, uh, I believe, anyway. And we saw that last week with the Broncos. Broncos, you know, regardless of how miserable their season is, they're going nowhere. They're not an easy out either. You know, you don't want to face the Broncos and that defense, especially on my high. Uh, I have no clue with this game. The Seahawks are favored by three and a half. I really don't know. It's a toss-up. My gut is telling me the Raiders, though. Uh, the Seahawks, I've loved this team. They're one of my favorite teams to watch this year is the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm picking against them. I'm going to say 27-24 Raiders. 27-24. I think this is a game that I think could really tell us a little bit about the future of Seattle because obviously they just they just had lost to the Bucks and they had the bye coming off of that bye losing a game to the uh, to the Raiders it might I don't know not that they'll spiral because I think they're too well coached and too good of an organization to spiral but they could definitely slip, lose the division, and maybe have to go travel on the road rather than being able to win that division. I think that they stand up. I've got them in a 28-27 to 27 victory. It definitely should be a good one. This has a game of the weekend potential. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave you four last week. There's a few more of this one. I mean, every week we're going to have amazing games. We really are. Yeah. Uh, next, we got we got Chargers at the Cardinals. Chargers are a three-point favorite. 
on the road. Excuse me. Uh, I think the car. I think the Chargers went big in this game. Twenty-seven, seventeen Chargers. Yeah, I know Kyler's going to be back for this one, I believe, but. Is he? I'll give it 27-22. I think, I, say, I think Kyler, I'm pretty positive from everything I've seen that Kyler's going to be back for this one. I still don't think it really matters. I've got this game in a 30-23 to 23 Chargers victory. Yeah, Cardinals are a mess. Oh, Cardinals yeah. He'll see a new coach there next year. Rams without Matt Stafford. This game at one point, I believe, was... 13 and a half. Now it's 15 and a half for the Chiefs at home. They're going to win huge. I'm going to say 34 to 10 Chiefs. Yeah. I, I'm going to actually go 42 to 14 Chiefs. I, I don't, I don't see how they don't kill. <laughs> I really don't. It's going to be a blowout, that's for sure. Then again, any given Sunday, but I don't see any pathway to the to the Rams doing anything. If the Chiefs lose this athlete. game, I'm going to look at them different. I'm not even, I don't care about any given Sunday. This offense has been one of the worst offenses in football without their starting quarterback and their best player. They just cut Darryl. Worst Darryl's. teams. I was going to say worst teams. You're right. Uh, they just cut Daryl Henderson. The only thing that matters on that team is Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and you could argue Bobby Wagner. That's about that. There's probably a couple other players that are doing decent this year, but essentially that's it. They, there should be zero chance the Chiefs lose this game. And, uh, next, we got Packers at Eagles. <clears throat> Once upon a time, this might have been. Sorry, actually, I skipped a game. Saints at Niners. Niners are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, Niners are clicking at the right time. They just put on a great show in Mexico City against the Cardinals. Jimmy G looks good. Debo looks good. McCaffrey looks good. Kittle looks good. Uh, the defense looks pretty good. They all look the way you want them to look in late November. Uh, I'm going to say 28-17, Niners of San Francisco. I actually just wrote down my score before you said it. I have 31-17, echoing all the statements you're saying. They've got all pros and pro bowlers at every position, if you are every level, and they're getting hot at the right time. Really, Jimmy just needs to not turn the ball over, and they'll win most most games. Next, we got Packers at Eagles. This once upon a time would have been the game of the weekend, but Rodgers looks washed, so who the hell knows? Six-and-a-half-point favorite are the Eagles at home. <sighs> Eagles don't look great as of the last two weeks. They lose to the Commanders, then they pull one out against the Colts. Colts had control of every bit of that game uh, and even had a chance to win it. They still have the ball with, I believe, about 80 seconds left after Hurts goes in for that touchdown. Yeah. And, you know, they couldn't get it done. The pass rush, you know, got it done for the Eagles. Um, we'll say, I mean, that's a good win for the Eagles. You know, you score a game where nothing's going right for you. You turn the ball over more than you usually do. The defense of the Colts is getting to you. They put together a drive. Jalen Hurts puts together a score. Uh, then the defense comes through. The defense got multiple stops when they needed it at the end of that game, too. That being said, I'm still going with the Eagles. Uh, I think they do go a little more low scoring. 
go 23-21 Philly. <sighs> Part of me wants to call an upset here, but I'm not going to. I do think I wanted to last week too. I was close to picking Indy, and that almost came through. This is a game that Philly <coughs> Philly needs to Philly needs to get back right a little bit. This is a game that they should be able to not maybe dominate but control throughout the entirety of it. Um, I don't think it's going to be that easy though. I've got this game twenty-seven to twenty-four Philly. Yeah, you just never know. Never know with Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers used to do the uh, the discount double check for State Farm. Yeah, uh, he's discount Aaron Rodgers this season. That's exactly what he is. He is discount Aaron Rodgers. He just has not been good, and you never know. I mean, he had an okay game against the Cowboys in that comeback win, but again. The further we get from that game, the more fluky it looks, especially after the Cowboys' performance last week. Uh, anyway, next game, Monday night, Steelers. By the way, or no, yeah, oh, sorry. By the way, that Packers-Eagles game, that was a Sunday night game. This is the Monday night game, Steelers-Colts. Colts are favored by two and a half at home. Uh, Steelers can play with anybody. They're going to be in a lot of these games down the stretch. They're going to play spoiler Similar to what the Broncos and Raiders might do, because you know, even though the Broncos are a mess, they're just that competitive kind yeah. of thing. Colts just look better with Matt Ryan. I think the Colts win. Uh, we'll say twenty-five. I feel like all of these are in the mid twenties, but twenty-five, twenty-three Colts. It's that time of year now. Um, typically, once you get to that Thanksgiving time, the uh, weather gets colder. Other obviously, other than domes, but the weather gets colder. More for defense, running the ball, so the scores typically get lower and lower scoring throughout the year. Uh, throughout the year, and I've got a similar score. I think it'll be a twenty-two, eighteen Indianapolis win. This one will be played in a dome, though. So the weather. Oh yeah, won't say, be yeah. I was gonna say this one is in a dome. I was gonna say the nice thing about Thursday night, um, uh, Thanksgiving Day, is all three of them will be in a dome, so there won't be any weather altering things at all so yeah anyway let's move on to the next topic Keen, i'm gonna throw this one at you all right for the nfl all righty all right thanksgiving right some people you bring a dish whatever whatever uh so i'm gonna give you this all right yeah. for the rest of the nfl season what do we got it's week 12 so the next six weeks here yeah you can give me you can give me a player you're gonna bring right yeah Give me a team that you're going to ride. Like, for sure. Like, you can see this team is going to be red hot or they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to make whatever, whatever you, you're bringing a team, you're bringing a player, player that's going to light it up. And then you got to give me a prediction as well. Okay. So, uh, prediction will be the dessert, I guess. Yeah. So, the player. That I'm gonna give. I want to give two, but I'll stay with one. Uh, the player that I'm gonna give is going to be Joe Burrow. The okay. The that's the player. I was between him and Mahomes. I like the way both of them are playing. Obviously, right now, the team that I'm going to give is gonna give me be, some background, Burrow. Um, you think, you think he's gonna light it up? I do think Joe Burrow is going to light it up. He's 
I say Joe Burrow's played very good all season. That first game, I since that first game, he's been twenty touchdowns to four picks and been playing great. Like for the last five games, he's had over a one hundred four rating. So he's been he's been playing really good football. I think it's going to continue, especially if they can start again to get the uh, run game going, which they have been a little bit in these last few weeks. That will make their their offense even more potent so with that the offensive line looks like it's getting a little better not that it's making vast improvements but enough to give him a little bit more time jamar chase coming back i think he could i think he's poised to have a pretty big end to the season so i would have him as a player who a player that i'm bringing to my plate uh a team The team that I would bring that I think is going to get hot, it's between two again. I'm going to go with San Francisco. I think they've gotten healthy at the right time. They have they have everything that you need to win championships or to win a championship. So I think they're poised and ready to make a deep playoff run. The other team I was thinking was Tampa after the uh, bye week. I was thinking they can start getting rolling too, but... I got the I got San Fran, and then what was the third one? And then a prediction. Uh, what kind of like a bold prediction or just like a any sort of prediction you want to make? Okay. Oh, you th- I was gonna say this is on the spot because I had no idea this was coming. So, um. Whew. Mm. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley has a 250-yard rushing game. Wow. That's a big one. That's a big one. It's a big one. It's one that... Did you have that before the season at all? No. I don't believe I had had anything Saquon Barkley related before the season. Because that is your boy, so yeah. I, say, I do like Saquon, but I think Saquon's gonna have a 250 yard rushing game within these last six weeks. That would be great for the Giants' playoff hopes. That's for sure. That'd be amazing, uh, bro. So, player, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Matthew Judon. I like it. Uh, which, I like it a lot. Which isn't crazy to say because I mean he's had a lights out season. Uh, it's been pretty well documented. If you're watching Patriots games, how they're using him a bit differently. Yeah. Because, you know, he had a similar start last year, right? I believe he's at the same total of sacks right now. If not, he's already surpassed it. A half a sack more. He had 12 and a half last year, 13 this year. And he kind of went away after the bye. Just was not as active. And, uh, you know, they've been vocal about how they just been using him differently. Not as much. Right, he's not a four-down player, so mm-hmm. they're not having him rush the passer as much. Blah blah blah, and it's it's shown in this game. He's had he's been great in coverage. He's been great against the run. Uh, leads the league in sacks, as we said, and I think that's going to continue. I think he gets a twenty sack season, maybe even more, maybe even contends for that sack title, the sack crown. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I do believe he gets to twenty. Okay. This page- this Patriots pass rush is hellacious. This is as good as anybody's. I put it right up there with the Cowboys. Granted, they've 
They haven't faced anybody like Kirk Cousins in the last few weeks. They've gotten lucky with Ellinger and Zach Wilson, but I mean, I don't think you put anybody back there. And the way Belichick can design these blitzes on third down, especially, and just how Judon has been a pure pass rusher this year, uh, it's going to be rough for anybody. It's going to be rough for Kirk Cousins. I love your prediction of the Patriots winning. I think, I mean, we've already talked about it. You know, I think the Vikings come out on top, but I mean, yeah, he's going to go through hell against that Patriots team mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, no, Judon is going to end the year strong. I'm almost certain of it. Uh, team, I had the same team as you. The Niners is going to say the same exact thing. Uh, it's going to be tough. I believe they still have one more game against the Seahawks. Yes. And the Seahawks. The Seahawks have looked great. I do have my questions, as I mentioned earlier. I have my questions about the Seahawks coming off this bye. Seems like it's been two weeks. I don't know why, but, you know, they got a tough game against the Raiders. I do kind of see the Niners possibly overtaking that division. Um, I'm going to try to give you a different team, actually, since we, you know, I don't like having the same exact thing. Okay. And I would love to say the Patriots. That would be hella homerish, but. I mean, we'll see. We'll have a lot of questions answered about the Patriots tomorrow night. Uh, Let me look. I would love to say the Ravens, too, but they've looked kind of. The one thing, the one thing about the the one thing about the Ravens that I will say is in every single game this season, they've had a 10 point lead, which I think is the first time in NFL history. That that's happened. Yeah, no, the Ravens are good. They're gonna like I like I've been saying this year. They're gonna they're either gonna spoil it for one of those top two teams, whether it's the Bills or the Chiefs, or they're gonna come damn close. Like they're right there, they're right there. They're every bit as well coached as those two teams, if not better well yeah. coached. They don't they don't have the top end talent as those teams, but they can absolutely hang with them. They got Lamar there, but a team I'm gonna hang my hat on. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the other team I was gonna go with, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, uh, I mean that. That win they had against Minnesota was as good as it could get. And I'm not even like holding anything against Minnesota. We could easily say, okay, Vikings had their win of the year against Buffalo and they came back to earth against Dallas. I don't think that's the case. Again, they lost their left tackle. That's going to give anybody hell, especially against that pass rush. But uh, the way they're playing, the way Pollard's playing, Zeke's kind of a luxury, even though he doesn't really even need to be there. That pass rush, all the talent on that defense. Dak's playing a little better. I mean, again, they were up 28-14 the week before. Imagine if they just put the Packers away in that game. Whether it's a field goal, whether it's, you know, just let the Packers go away. And they win that game something like 31-17. And then come out against the Vikings the way they did. Uh, I don't know. I really think they're on a collision course with either the Eagles or the Niners. Uh, honestly, I have more faith in the Niners at this point than the Eagles. And that's really, I mean, that's kind of similar to my preseason prediction. I had the Rams and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game with the Rams winning. Uh, I do think the postseason will be much tougher for the Eagles, and I think the Cowboys are better equipped for that. So, yeah, I'm rolling with the Cowboys. I'm rolling with Matthew Judon. And then as a dessert for this prediction, I'm going to keep it NFC East-related keep it divisional East related apparently with Judon and the Pats. But uh, I believe that the Giants fall out of the playoff picture and the commanders replace them. Uh, The Giants are just too banged up. And look, they were lucky 
I mean, it, had they won last week against the Lions, the Giants could, I don't want to say coast to the playoffs, but they would have been in a much better position. Yes. Uh, I completely believe they're going to lose this game big against the Cowboys. Uh, I'm not sure who they have after that, but you mentioned their schedule earlier. It's a tough schedule. They just don't have the talent all these other teams do. And if they can find three wins, those Commanders games in particular are going to be where they need to find them because that's going to be that's going to be a game where, it, shit, you might get that Saquon 250 because that's what it's going to need. Those yeah. are both ugly ground-and-pound teams, both those teams. And, you know, Heineke can do it in the air, obviously better than Daniel Jones. They do have some ability in the passing game, but, you know, if the Giants get a little bit more healthy, especially on defense, they can make that game, you know, kind of crazy for them. And uh, I believe the Giants still have the Eagles twice. Is that correct? Yes. And obviously the Cowboys tomorrow. It's going to be tough. And the Commanders are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Heineke's got to go in for them. And if they happen to lose Heineke, you know, Wentz wasn't great for them. But there's certainly, I mean, it's not like you're going to Zach Wilson here, right? You'd rather have Wentz back there than Zach Wilson or someone else, you know, some of these other backups. So, you know, I believe the uh, Commanders are in good position. I believe they will overtake the Giants for that third NFC East playoff spot because obviously the Cowboys and the Eagles are obviously getting in. Um, Remains to be seen if the Cowboys will overtake the Eagles for that spot, for that last spot. We obviously got two great games left between. Oh, no, they faced early in the season. Uh, One great game left between them at full strength, Eagles and Cowboys. So I'm not going to say the Cowboys are going to overtake them, but I'm confident that the Commanders are going to overtake the Giants' spot. I like it. I definitely like it. The Commanders going in. Those are two teams that going into the year, I thought had I, the Giants. I didn't think they really had any chance at the playoffs. The Commanders. I thought that that defense would have to perform as I thought they would a few years back too. But right now, with how everything's shaping up, this definitely possible for. One, I mean, there's a world where both of them make it, but I don't assume that to happen. But there, it could be a world where they do. Um, yeah, I don't see all. No, I don't no, I don't see. I don't see all four, but it does a world. Especially with the Niners and especially with the Niners and Seahawks and whoever else might be back there, but it'll be yeah. hard to get past the Niners and Seahawks ahead of them. But I do 100%. think. I do think that third wild card spot will be an NFC East team, and yeah, the Giants did a fantastic job. I mean, granted, they are absolutely well coached here with uh, Dable. Dable's done a fantastic job. Yes, one of the coaches Rever- of the year. And Rivera's done a fantastic job, especially since Heineke's taken and over. He's also creeping um, into the conversation now, too, depending on how they so end we'll, the season. So we'll see how it goes with this NFC East. I love it. I love everything that is the NFC and AFC East this season. It's been a great football season, and we're just now getting into the stretch run. Um. Remember the last time the Rams and Chiefs played? Was it that Monday night shootout? It was that Monday night shootout. I'm just thinking, like, because I was just looking at the um, the games. One of these teams. Yeah, I was gonna say how far they've came from that moment in time. I mean, both of them have won a Super Bowl, but one team looks good and one team (laughs) isn't. Oh, I was also talking with Austin today on a real, real random point about the Rams, real quick. If they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, them going all in would have been maybe one of the worst things in the like they went all in for a Super Bowl cuz now they they mortgage their entire future. They have no money, they have no picks. 
their team is old. Like, they're not they're not in a great position. But you know, when if Sean McVay is a great coach, which he was so far shown he is, kind of like when the Seahawks go on their random, we're gonna rebuild but go nine and eight this year. They might be able to do that, but they'll be remain to be seen. But they're not in a great position right now at all. Yeah, everything you said about the L.A. Rams, you could apply to the Los Angeles Lakers as well. Um, yeah, I don't see it with, with the Rams at all, especially with McVay. He said a couple weeks ago, as soon as Donald Ramsey, Stafford, and Cup are gone, he's gone. And he already flirted with retirement last year. So he doesn't seem too dedicated, which is interesting, to say the least. But yeah, they like, showed... I would say he's young. Like That's really shocking that he's... Just came in like for seven years, all coach, and then I'll head out. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's going to go the the John Madden route, and uh, he'll get a TV gig and whatever, and maybe he'll be replaced with Sean Payton, which that's going to be fascinating because, as I mentioned a few times, Payton was primed for that Dallas job, and McCarthy yeah. McCarthy looks like he's coaching his way into an extension. Granted, we got a lot of time left; who knows? But he definitely doesn't look like and he needs a couple playoff McCarthy's wins to re- reassure that. For sure, they can't have the season. Yeah, they get upset in the divisional round or wild card round. Sure, but I mean the way it looks, I mean he's yeah. them and the Eagles and the Niners look like the class of the NFC right now. So, yeah. um, but last topic: what we are thankful for. Obviously, we talk about primarily on here the NBA, the NFL, and music. So, yeah. Keenan, give give me two things. You are thankful for in whatever order, whether you want to go NBA first, NFL first, music first, whichever. Give me two things you're thankful for. We can do this. You want to go, like, if you do NBA, I'll go NBA. And yeah. then, you know, all right, let's do that. Okay. So, so go ahead. I'll let you pick the topic first and we'll get through. You mentioned it and um, you said the NBA, so I'm going to start there. I'm thankful in the NBA that we just have so much talent. There's just so much greatness there. I was going through it like um I was driving in the car going or riding in the car going to the store to grab a couple things for Thanksgiving tomorrow. And in Luca, Steph, KD, Giannis, and LeBron, you have five people who either are or have the, it could be in the conversation by the end of their career to be top ten players of all time. And they're all playing right now. And four out of the five are in their prime, and LeBron's still a pretty good player. Like, he's still top 15 at least. So it's just crazy. Then you have not even mentioning people like Jokic, who won back to back, Ja. You've got, there's just so much talent in the NBA right now. So I'm thankful to be able to, you can turn on any game and you can find very good talent for the most part. And so that's something, one thing I'm very thankful for. And the other, what? Or I was just saying, tons of parity in the league for sure, much like the NFL. Hundred percent. I mean, you have teams like the Thunder who you didn't think were coming in, but they can play. The Jazz are playing well. Like it's just like everybody's so uberly talented and skilled at this point in time. Like they all can shoot, they all can dribble, they have like actual move sets. I mean, before obviously when you go eighties and nineties, they just didn't play basketball as much. So you had people like, say, Charles Oakley, who really didn't have much of a skill set, but he was a very pivotal person because he could play defense, he was an enforcer, could rebound well. But you just have a lot of people that can do 
that plus they can do a little bit more to not to the level of enforcer but yeah moving on and the other thing that i really like about the nba that i'm thankful for is the accessibility for the athletes like you can in some ways it can kind of hurt depending just because you hear a lot and you kind of see but like with mike there was like a little bit of a mystique with him which is why i think his greatness is so great like why his greatness is so great is there was a little bit of like he felt almost untouchable. I don't know if you agree, disagree with that, but like he kind of felt like you didn't really hear from Michael. So when he spoke, you were like, oh my goodness, I got to hear everything he's saying. But someone like LeBron, obviously, you hear him, you can get him in interviews every day, you can get him on the shop, you can get him, which in one capacity, you can kind of get overloaded and a little annoyed, but at the same time, you get a lot of information on the game that you wouldn't have gotten before so basically with the social media presence you learn so much more about the game so i really like the accessibility of athletes uh you're not wrong with that statement i think there is i think i've heard from media members like when i hear them talk it seems like there was more accessibility before i think there's no there's almost no accessibility when it comes to interviews now uh, I agree. I think there's more. I think more, more individual. I think like a lot of people like to. I can kind of go on their own and do. I, I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking like the Dream exactly, Green yeah. podcast. I, like I Curry was on the uh, Reddit podcast the other day. You have a lot of like a lot of things like that where they're doing their own entities rather than going interviews like in front of like on a podium and things like that. But go on. Yeah, no, I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think there's more individual platforms. LeBron's got the shop, which is, that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, Draymond's thing. Draymond's podcast. It's cool. I mean, I can't hate on it, especially, I mean, shit, we're sitting here with our own podcast, and who the fuck are we? You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to shit on it, but at the same time, there's definitely shit I hear out of these podcasts where I'm like... All right, like how true is that? You know what I mean? Mm, oh no, def- uh, <laughs> I was gonna say there's definitely you have to take everything with a grain of salt, and you can't just like solely believe every little word they say. You kind of gotta do a little bit of your own research for certain things, but other um, things there's a lot of there's a lot of information. Like I didn't know that in Curry's draft because I watched that like today. I didn't know in Curry's draft that Phoenix almost made a trade for him, and Steve Kerr obviously in the office front office, and I did not know that Phoenix. Almost that is true. Made did not know that, that happened. That is absolutely true. Uh, so, yeah, no, the accessibility is cool, but there's almost so much of it, it's just hard to weed through. And, it, yeah. you know, it's available every day, so it's like, I don't know, it comes and goes. And I think that's the case with all podcasts anyway. I think there's a lot of good stuff you can find, whether it's an athlete's podcast, whether it's, the you know, Warner Brothers like podcast. Me, Warner Brothers <laughs> podcast. But really, like, I think there's stuff you can find, but there's so much of it being released every day. Yeah. From me to you to, to goddamn, what if George Kittle came out with a podcast tomorrow? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has some sort of avenue, whether it's a podcast. That's, it's hard to find what's real and what's fake, A, and, like, what's great and what's mid kind of thing. But yeah. I think that, I agree with you. There is a lot of good accessibility and content more so content than accessibility. I think there was more accessibility to these athletes to get them to open up in interviews with a journalist when I was growing up, which, you know, but hey, Kevin Durant just gave us a very candid interview a couple weeks ago with Mark Spears. So Mm -hmm. anyway, what I'm thankful for with the NBA, I'm keeping a media based as you just went, the TNT crew. 
Oh, it sounded like it sounded like we, you know, we didn't really know how much longer Charles Barkley had. Like it sounded like he was going to be done within two years, and they all re up for long term extensions right before the season. Um, we've talked about it on here plenty. Like their Tuesday night, which I hadn't seen a lot of this year. Candace is like one of the top like five to six analysts like across whatever. Like across I love sports. Across Candace sports. is great. She's amazing. She's great. So she's moved. She's moved to uh, core side. So she's yeah. doing color commentary. Mm, and, and I believe Jamal Crawford. I haven't seen a lot of the twos. Jamal Crawford, I believe, is in studio. He's fucking great. Yeah, like, I like him too. The way the way they can nail down talent like that because Jamal Crawford's a natural. An absolute natural and you wouldn't really know that had you just watched him in his career you know what i mean like he's he's not a star player so i mean he was always a good interview and he was great on twitter he doesn't doesn't answer a lot of questions anymore on twitter or maybe i don't follow him but he used to like always give like very nuanced cool hoop answers to fans who would ask him stuff you know yeah. i'd say across the past 10 years so, I mean, you know, they have him, Candace, Chuck, and Shaq, obviously, are great. E- Ernie's great. Kenny's great. You know, they're the best on TV at it. And then, you know, they got Draymond lined up whenever he retires. Like, D their Wade's eye- been great. D Wade was, like, I can't, like, it fucking, like, knocks my socks off. Not to sound corny here, but it really <laughs> does. Like, how, how much of a natural Dwayne Wade, like, he walked into that after his playing career and was, like, as good as anybody. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he wasn't. He wasn't over the top like how Charles is. And he's not over the top. Barkley's just Barkley. You know, he's an entertainer. That's what he is. But Dwayne Wade would just sit there and very coolly and calmly give you his thoughts on the game. And it did not come... Like, I'll give you an example. ESPN, their crew, everything they say, whether it's a player, whether it's Stephen A, whether it's... It seems like it's trying to grab headlines. And it's not even because they're trying to do that. It's because they have damn near 90 seconds to talk, if that. Before you get a commercial break, you got five people trying to share a two-minute block where you don't yeah. have that on TNT. TNT, you got five to eight minutes to really talk and analyze the game. So they just got an outstanding product. And then the other thing I'm thankful for with the NBA, it's a gift and a curse. But for reasons like this past weekend with the Bucks and Philly game, Giannis out there shooting free throws. You saw this clip, right, with the ladder? Yeah. And they got, you know, the Philly grounds crew, I guess, trying to take the nets down. Uh, Twitter, it was blown up all over Twitter. NBA Twitter is amazing. I can't tell you the countless dramatic moments that happen each week, certainly each month on Twitter when it comes to the NBA, that being one of them, Laddergate, starting out of nowhere. Uh, If y'all didn't see it, Giannis... Damn near threw a ladder from people trying to get in the way of his foul shots post game, and uh, Giannis, who has like a hundred percent approval rating, basically unless you're a Sixers or Celtics fan, uh, certainly Sixers fans. They hated him before this, and now they're gonna hate him even more, Absolutely. which I love because Philly fans are just dramatic to the thirtieth degree, uh, <laughs> and it was dramatic after the game when he did all that, and then you got Montrezl Harrell taking his ball after he shoots a foul shot like as if there's not fucking like 500 other balls in the stadium it's a fucking 
NBA stadium. Of course, there's other basketballs Giannis could go get. That was my favorite part. Like, what is me? Fucking Giannis is bad. <laughs> it's time to go home, son. Like, You're not getting your like, ball back, sir. <laughs> everything about that made me laugh. Like, Giannis, just go to the other end. Maybe the other end was up. I didn't see that much, but that shit made me laugh. Uh, so that's my two, the TNT crew for the NBA and NBA Twitter. Love it. It's a gift and a curse, but it's given us so many gifts over the years. It really has. Uh, Keenan, NFL, go ahead. Um, so for the NFL, the one the first thing that I'm thankful for is that I got to watch Tom Brady live. Like I couldn't mm. like going through obviously my life. You and I, I mean, I've been I was born into a Patriots family. I my first game that I do remember a little bit of was the Super Bowl in '01. So I remember bits and pieces of that game. You were there. I would. I believe I was. I. I remember bits and pieces that I was four, but I I remember like small little bits and pieces. I remember the field goal at the end and everybody celebrating because I probably did. I think I fell asleep, but I do remember like little plays in that game. But okay, randomly enough. Anyways, but regardless of that, I've obviously been a Tom Brady fan since that point. He's my favorite athlete to ever live. And being able to watch him live and work his Tom magic, regardless of if the Rams were playing bad coverage, whatever, it's still 40 seconds left. Tom goes down, he scores a game winning touchdown. It was that I was so thankful that I could watch that live. So that's, I was gonna say, that's the first thing that I'm thankful for. The second thing that I would say that I'm most thankful for with the NFL. I love, I was going to say, another one that I was talking about is I love the talent there too, but I don't want to just talk about only the talent because there's so much, like the NFL, I was going to say the quarterbacks with the camps that they're able to go to, like they come in like so prepared. The wide receivers are great. Um, But honestly, the second thing that I would say is I'm really thankful for the NFL fans. So being, um, you have very knowledgeable fans. You have some that are not knowledgeable. You're going to have that in every sport, but the way that people uh, just bleed football. Like, obviously, it's unlike any other, like, you you went to the UFC and you felt it there, too. But, like, for, like, major team sports, it's really unlike any other sport. Like, obviously, basketball's one thing, but, like, the NFL, like, just people bleed whatever team that they support and just... I love the NFL fans. They can also be annoying at times because they don't know what they're talking about. But again, I'm just an NFL fan who probably people don't think I know what I'm talking about. But I love NFL fans would be the other thing I'm thankful for. Um, so you mentioned UFC and their fans. Yeah. Uh, I'd mentioned it prior on the podcast, but it's gotten similar. The people who are getting into the UFC now who are like definitely, I don't want to say bandwagon, but let's say casual fans, right? Yeah. It's similar to the NBA casual fans where they can't even appreciate a good fighter because they'll be like, oh, who cares? Such and such beat him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's young fans out there who are like complete haters of players like Luca and Trey Young, where in general, really Luca for right now, it'll change in about a year or two, maybe even this year. But for right now, LeBron was here. Giannis was here. Giannis is still kind of there. But there's a, there's a point in a young player's career where you just have, like, 100% approval rating. Yeah. Uh, John Morant's there right now. Like Steph was John, there in 2016, like, during that unanimous MVP. No one hated Steph. Absolutely. Absolutely. Up until 
Durant came yeah. to the Warriors and, you know, the whole, you know, LeBron comes back on him, there was no hate for the Warriors, really. No. Uh, John Morant could take a shit on the court right now. Uh, yeah, no, and, absolutely. And no, nobody would say anything about it. You know what I mean? And uh, He can't do anything wrong. <laughs> and I would say there's a segment, you see this on Twitter, who, like, they'll hate on Jokic, they'll hate on Doncic, they'll hate on Ja. And it's like, you and Trey Young, and Trey I can see a little bit. Trey antagonizes it. Trey's kind of like a little bit of the Reggie Miller of this generation. It's a little bit. He's got yeah. some disrespect to his game, which I like. I love it. Love so it. So that, sure, Trey Young, I can see why you hate Trey Young. But Luka, Ja, Jokic, Giannis, like those four in particular, there's zero reason to hate them. I mean, Doncic can complain a little bit, so I get it. Anyway, I'm getting way off my point here. <laughs> you mentioned UFC fans. UFC fans are some of, like, the true fans of UFC, they are some of the most knowledgeable fans you'll ever see. Like, they give respect. Uh, and if there is a fighter they hate, all it takes is a good win from that fighter where people will give them their props and their respect. The UFC community, if I didn't give them their props before on the last podcast, uh, the respect I had for them only grew after my UFC 281 experience. Now, you compared NFL to UFC. I will compare the NFL fans Two Premier League fans, and I'll just say soccer fans in general. There is a special type of mental illness for we'll call it football because football is soccer is football in Europe, football is football here. Football fans across the world have a special sort of mental illness. Keenan, you'll recall, I once upon a time on here said we're going to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. I really believe that. I really believe that. You I said, totally and I quote, the Chiefs are coming to us. And I was like, Kyle, wait I a minute. I believe that, Keenan. Like, <laughs> you can find a diehard fan of each team each year at around July, around August, unless it actually looks grim, right? Unless your team, unless you know your team is going to be dog shit and they're rebuilding. If your team has any sliver of hope, someone's going to talk themselves into it. Well, of course. I mean, people still have the hope in the Packers right now. I guarantee, like, people are like, okay, we go into this Philly game, we go right into the bye, uh, how how the NFC is looking this year. They can sneak in at the seventh seed. Once they're there, they might see Minnesota. We can beat our division rival. You can talk yourself into anything. You really I tell you can. what, that was that was definitely me that Cam Newton year because we were in the chase and then you know we obviously fell out. But that was absolutely me around this time that Cam Newton season. And then uh, you know last year even we started to get hot around this time and I'm like we can make a deep playoff run possibly. And you know, obviously, we teetered. I, I, say, I don't know if you're feeling that now, but I am. <laughs> I'm feeling legitimate. I'm, I'm waiting. I'll just say this: I'm waiting for tomorrow night. Okay. I'm waiting for tomorrow night. That's all I'll say. Okay. I feel Listen, amazing let about the this Patriots defense. win. I might be unbearable on the next pod. I don't really care. I feel amazing <laughs> about this defense, which is how I felt last year. And then the Bills did what they did to us, but the Bills were great. Are great, excuse me. Um, this, this defense is amazing. I feel better about Mac Jones than maybe most Pats fans. I feel encouraged, as I mentioned earlier. I feel encouraged by last week's performance, regardless of what other fans say. We'll see. Now, what I am thankful for, and again, I want to repeat, just go on Twitter during this World Cup that we have right now or any given Sunday for the NFL or the EPL, because the EPL plays on Saturday and Sunday. Log on to Twitter, click on any game, tap on any game of soccer. You're going to see fans. I literally do that. Like I don't even keep up with EPL. Not even casually like I used to. I used to semi-casually keep up with it. I will occasionally just go click on a game, 
And you will just see fans either losing it because they're losing or losing it because they're winning. It's the same exact experience with the NFL each Sunday. Uh, in a way that's even the NBA is not as dramatic. And NBA fans can be fucking irrational too. But the NFL and soccer fans across the world can be a special type of insane. So I definitely appreciate that one, Keenan. Yeah, I am taking up entire. I, like we want to get through this quick and here. Look at me just talking my mouth off here. So the things I am appreciative for, thankful for in the NFL. Number one, NFL red zone. Few things are perfect. NFL red zone is a perfect product, an absolutely perfect product. Uh, you know, you don't miss a play in the red zone. That's why they're called red zone. You don't miss. Excuse me. You don't miss a clutch play. You don't miss a big play. You see every score. The witching hour. Uh, the witching hour. Like, uh, it, every Sunday. I mean, what? Seven hours of commercial free football? Is that the slogan? Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Sunday ticket could be perfect. Red zone is perfect. Sunday we'll ticket has that. the potential to be perfect depending on who they partner with next and how accessible it can be. It could be. Very like, well could Because, be. like, NBA League Pass is, like, 98% perfect. Like it's cheap now. It's really not. It's not that expensive at all to get the premium. It's a hundred. Glad you said that, Keenan. I'm glad you said that because speaking of NBA Twitter, which I brought up last time, uh, the most famous probably content guy for the NBA on Twitter is uh, world worldwide Rob. Let me get that. Is it worldwide Wob? See, I don't even get it correct. And I just said he's the most famous. I think it's worldwide Wob. Three W's there. I think his name is Rob though. Anyway. He has multiple times suggested an NDA type of red zone thing. And he came up with like what it would look like and like how it would function. And it was, it sounds great. And no one has taken him up on this idea. And that should be implemented to league baskets. Then, yes, it would be perfect because you have so many games tipping off at the same time on the East Coast, on the West Coast, in the 10 o'clock slot if you're on the East Coast. Um, so yeah, we if we got an NBA red zone type of thing, whatever you want to call it, that would be perfect. Because yeah, league pass is a pretty good product aside from the blackout of certain games. Yeah, the, but, that's the that's the one thing is the blackout of certain games depending on the location that you're in. Like I can't, like I obviously I don't have the capabilities because I I just have Hulu or whatever. I can't watch an Orlando Magic game because of my location because it's technically local TV, but like it's not here it's a it's really weird kind of how they have it i can't watch certain games but yeah no uh, if you had like an nba half core nba overtime or something i don't know something along those lines where you got to watch maybe if players got hot you saw that dame lillard had like 10 in the second quarter you would keep your eyes on that game to see if he can how many she can score in that quarter you have throughout the games obviously the close games late within three points within five points bounce back and forth like you could easily do it and it would be it would be really good i mean obviously it'd be more work than the nfl because in the nfl you have 18 days you do it with the nba you would have every single day for like seven months so it'd be a little bit tougher but they could do it but i mean they get enough money they could figure it out they got the capability to do it, absolutely. Worldwide WAP, shout out to WAP, Rob Perez. My bad for fucking up your name. I should know better. But second thing I'm thankful for with the NFL, Bill Belichick. Uh, not sure how many coaches would have this team at 6-4 and four right now. He's done a fantastic job. He's been 
an unbelievable coach would be an understatement. Uh, there's some some idiots of New England fandom who think this guy should have been fired and still should be fired. Uh, I mean, he's a genius of a coach. He really is. I mean, the stuff, the stuff you learn about game management, about situational football, just from being a New England fan and living through those Brady and Belichick years, uh, it's a wealth of knowledge because he really does plays situational football damn you're perfect i'll say 98 percent of the time he there's, plays perfect there's not like obviously in when today's game it's an offensive game so a lot of people have worked under the sean mcveigh tree like i, I mean obviously andy reed's kind of a little different but a lot of people have worked under that sean mcveigh tree of like how they work their offense how like i mean obviously defense is how you call your defense whatever people have worked under the bill belichick clock management yeah, situational. It's the like Bill Belichick, the first time person I could remember who let the play clock run out on a punt specifically so he could get forty an extra forty seconds taken off, and he was playing a chess match there. It was like just little things of like you didn't really see it too often of people taking that five yard penalty to get more yards uh, when you're down. I was just certain situations starting to take their timeouts before the two minute warning rather than after the two minute warning. It's like a lot of things like that. They're just little situational things that you see loses games. Like obviously last year with Dallas, situational football, lost in the game in the playoffs. You see it so often. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett early in the season, you see it. Cliff Kingsbury's lost games because of it. But you, the, as a Patriots fan, you don't lose games because of dumb situational football. It's just because they didn't execute. It's not because they did. They put their they put themselves in the right position. They just didn't execute in that position. That's why you lose. For sure. And there's been times, and as well said, there's been times that Belichick can get a little conservative. Even with the Brady years, there yeah. was times they would take knees at the half where I thought they should have gone for it. Uh, I actually prefer three timeouts on the other end of the two minute warning. But that's just me. But yeah, I was gonna say it makes sense. I can say I understand why the other way is fine. I know they you do it because even if per se they got a first down, you still have one say or like one timeout or zero timeouts. Plus you have the two minute warning, so you can still you still find a way to get yourself the ball. Yeah, with like thirty five seconds. Like it just basically mathematically it gives you a better chance to win Smalley, even though you are right. In certain situations, I don't mind just taking him on the back half. Yeah, I just prefer it. But, you know, Belichick, I mean, he had that play, I believe it was against the Jets, actually. The Jets and the Bills a few years ago where they, it might be the same one you're talking about, where they purposely held and then they, like, panned to Belichick on the sideline. I mean, one of the best ones is when he used to, or in that Ravens game, the double comeback game, the Edelman pass game, he uh, the you coaching he, game. He, oh my god! Don't even, <laughs> get, don't even get started. He he declared the old lineman eligible, and then he would just continue to block like he didn't actually go into the passing game, and it really fucked with the Ravens and how they were approaching their defense. Uh, it's little things like that. Yeah, and people think you're uh, cheating for that, but it's not cheating if it's not a rule. Exactly. That's just utilizing what you can. And the refs, I've, I've heard from former refs, they say by far the Patriots ask the most questions when they have like the referees come in during training camp and by far do their research the most when it comes to the rule book. Uh, famously, that's why he challenged the Tuck 
the tuck rule thing with Tom Brady that started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, yeah, Belichick's a genius. Y'all don't want to hear me go on anymore about that. You hear that damn near eighteen weeks out of the year, even on a bad season. So I won't. I'll spare y'all with the Belichick praise, but very thankful for him to have him as our coach. Who knows how much longer he will be the coach in New England, but still every bit of a factor. Still every bit of a factor. Still believe he has his fastball. You see how he's got this team playing right now. And uh, some would say they don't have the most talent. I think there's talent that's being underused on the offensive end, but that's a discussion for another day. So uh, let's move on to music, Keenan. The first thing that I'm most thankful for, and this is not really a shock, that Kendrick dropped an album. I'm also going to add Joey Badass dropped an album as well. The reason why I put them together is Joey dropped his April 7th, 2017. Kendrick dropped his 2000, uh, April 14th, 2017. And they each hadn't dropped an album for five plus years. <clears throat> and these are two of my five favorite rappers. So I finally get a full length project from both of them and i think both of both of them are going to be in my top albums of the year where they rank i'm not going to say yet obviously when it comes to the end i'll we can give that but both are going to be in my top albums of the year so i'm very thankful that i got blessed with great music from both of them that's the first thing that i'm thankful for the second thing that i'm thankful for is apple music I am thankful for Apple Music because it's so easily accessible. Because I, rem- I remember being the so pumped to get the $15, $45 iTunes gift card for Christmas so you could buy certain albums. Which, buying an album, actually, I kind of like. I like the feeling of it. Or going to a store and getting an album. I really like the feeling of that, too, at times. But I love the fact that obviously all streaming platforms like i know fill up a lot of people like spotify obviously soundcloud you have things there too you've got obviously pandora radio goes on and on there's so many different streaming platforms but apple music specifically because i have an iphone as well it's so easy it's so everything like they make the they make a playlist for the essentials like kendrick essentials whatever it's ever changing you get their top songs new songs it's just so easy and everything so readily readily available for you so that's another thing that i'm most thankful for you sounded like a a 60 year old dad proclaiming (laughs) proclaiming a that you have an iphone and b how easily accessible i or apple music is i almost said itunes which would have showed my right there Uh, i'm just saying it's easy it's i'd rather pay like seven to ten dollars a month to get everything rather than having to pay for every album i know understand that it's and i understand that it's been here for a while but sometimes the simple things you can be happy for like i'm thankful to have a vehicle so i can get to play like this some, some things you're just thankful for easy that's that's hilarious you said that because i remember vividly having a, a conversation with you a few years ago about how I was like, wait, why wouldn't you get Apple Music or Spotify? I was like, why would you pay for each album? I'm like, you could just pay ten ninety nine a month and get every album yeah, in no, your phone. I no, at the point at there was a point, I don't know why it took me so long to switch over, but there was just a point where I like I liked the feeling of just buying a new album. I don't know why. I, there was something about it to me that was like, oh man, I just got this new album rather than being like, oh hey, this album dropped, I already have it downloaded and everything. It was just the buying of it. I don't know why. <laughs> it was weird. It's well, weird to me because it's just a waste of money. But I, 
it was weird. You had Apple, you had Apple Music on your list for music. I got Spotify. I'm a Spotify user. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell everybody when they ask me, like if we get in a conversation about Spotify, Spotify knows me better than I know myself. I can't tell you how many songs I found from like my childhood or high school, which would still be childhood, I guess. But you know what I mean? Um, or just any years of the past that I forgot about that will like come up on my suggested music or artists that they think I'll like do to what I'm listening to or suggested playlists. Like they're so in my wheelhouse. Like I've discovered so much music because of Spotify and I'm incredibly thankful for that. Uh, so that's my endorsement for Spotify. They, yeah, they are, they literally know me better than myself. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about this. I used to love this. How the fuck did Spotify know I used to love this and why are they suggesting it to me? It almost scares me. Damn it. And, uh, Kind of going along with Spotify and Apple Music. The other thing I'm thankful for is the Midnight Friday release. Uh, when I was coming up, music used to release primarily on Tuesdays, obviously in stores, but that was the release day. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously with the increase in the popularity of streaming, you know, that moved to Friday at midnight. And I got to tell you, it's like a mini Christmas each Friday going on to spotify and you know shit i mean obviously like the big releases you know that they're coming out but i mean either way going even on those weeks where there's not a big release and you go and you check and you're like oh such and such got a song here cool i'll check that add it to my play you know what i mean that kind of thing so i love it i mean i'm up late anyway so you know whether it's a work night whatever it doesn't really matter because unless i'm actually asleep i'm definitely gonna be peeping the music and if it's great music i'm probably gonna listen to it right there um so i'm definitely appreciative of that shit thanksgiving night we will be having music by the way i wanted to mention before just because you mentioned it a couple weeks ago you mentioned how you hadn't heard new music from chance he's dropped he dropped a song either last week or the week before he dropped a new song that i did not see doesn't say the last thing i remember were like little freestyles that like as i mentioned on the one i said like a bar about a bar um there was a couple other ones that he had dropped like just small things i know child of god was one of them that he dropped earlier this season or season earlier this year as well it's called you know it's him featuring king promise and it dropped last week i'll go check it out then uh i don't know if you saw Oh, that was early in the summer. Him and Joey Badass. He dropped a yeah, single. Yeah, the, uh, the highs and lows. I think it highs is. and lows. Yeah. Um, last question before we get out of here. This again. This went way longer than we were expecting. Keenan, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Uh, and and favorite Thanksgiving dessert. Dessert, pumpkin pie, food. Uh, I'm gonna have to go turkey. It's hard to pass it up. Can't pass up turkey. Yeah, I would say turkey stuffing specifically. Yeah. Bob stuffing, now homemade stuffing, is Krenak. And then, uh, of course, our mom's mac and cheese. You cannot of beat that. You cannot beat it. You can't beat it. Um, uh, one thing I want to also say that I'm quickly thankful for. And time what, out. What, go on what? You, you stomped on my dessert. Oh, so I told, oh, my goodness gracious. I am such a bad brother. <laughs> Sorry, go on with your dessert. <laughs> Sorry, go on with your dessert. <laughs> bad bro. Dessert, cheesecake. That's it. That And that's for anything. That's holiday whatever holiday whether it's thanksgiving christmas my birthday whatever cheesecake you've been so, a cheesecake fan go. and then an ice cream cake fan as well if i remember correctly yeah i prefer ice cream cake to like regular birthday cake for sure yeah. 
Okay. Um, now I'm not interrupting. Uh, one thing I am also thankful for is we're talking about Apple Music, and it just made me think of also uh, how battle rap has become so um, accessible as well. Because before you had to get the pay per views and drive um, all that stuff. It was like forty to fifty dollars, and then now it's you can stream it on Caffeine. Then then they'll drop the battles on the app, which is seven ninety nine a month to watch all battles for URL. If not, you have other leagues that will usually have pay-per-views for them if you need to watch them that day, which is fine. But then if not, you wait a little bit and they have YouTube drops there. So you have so much battle rap content, which you didn't have before, and there's so many more events. There's just so much content you have, and it's great. So that's another thing like kind of in the music realm that I'm thankful for as well. True story. Certainly more accessible. Yes. Well, Keenan, great podcast. Had fun talking with you about football, basketball, music, Thanksgiving, everything. Uh, you got anything else for me? I do not. I hope everybody does have a great Thanksgiving, though. Absolutely. We want to wish everybody who's listening. Oh, by the way, thankful for our listeners. Yes. Very thankful thank for our you. listeners. Yes. We want to thank you for all the support throughout the years, throughout the, what, three years of the uh, w- WBP? Yeah, and, about, uh, about, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we want to wish everybody happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the food. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the family time. And uh, Keenan, I will be talking to you tomorrow, certainly during the Patriots game, probably during the other games too, but definitely during the Patriots game. Great talking to you. Thanks. We'll be back next week. We'll be uh, reviewing these Thanksgiving games and the games on Sunday. Excuse me. Goddamn. I keep burping. Uh and yeah, we'll have the NBA games as well. Hopefully, who knows? Maybe we'll have some more NBA news. Uh, but yeah, we will be back next week. Keenan, great talking to you. Good talking to you well. <laughs>